If you do not value yourself, you will never ask for what you're worth. This podcast, The Underestimated Entrepreneur, is for the driven mofos out there who are driven to achieve more in life and business. After studying 1,457 of the world's most successful people in different fields and spending over $1 million on coaches, consultants, and seminars, I want to share with you the key learnings, lessons, tips, tools, and strategies that have not only made them super successful, but have also allowed me to go from the kid who was put into special classes, getting kicked out of school and wanting to end my life, to becoming the mental performance coach to some of the country's most successful people and helping me to grow multiple businesses. I want to help all of those out there who have been underestimated to prove their doubt is wrong and to help them to achieve more than they could possibly imagine. I hope you enjoy. Driven mofos, welcome back to The Underestimated Entrepreneur. This here is part number two of this four-part podcast. Enjoy. Now, when you have low self-worth, two things happen. You undercharge or you overcharge. So there are some people out there that go, I'm the best in the world. I'm going to charge exorbitant amounts, but they can only do that for a short period of time. There is a hairdresser in Sydney. My hairdresser was telling me about this guy. He charges $250 for a men's haircut. Now, most of the time, a men's haircut reasonably is like, in Australia, it's like 40 to 80 bucks for a standard haircut. I mean, if you've got long hair and shit, it's probably different. But for a standard cut, I get mine cut every week. It's 40 bucks. That's not bad, right? But I keep telling my barber that it needs to be more than that, but he's happy charging 40. But anyway, there's this dude who charges 250 bucks a haircut and he tells me about it. This guy's like 21 or 22 years of age. He charges 250 bucks. He's only been in the industry for a short time, but he's like, man, he's booked out. Why? Because he has this TikTok following. He's got a huge TikTok following. And so people come to him because he's like the famous TikTok hairdresser. But the thing is what's happened is that he's now started losing money or not losing money. He's losing clients. Because what he said, what my hairdresser told me is that this guy gets people in, he cuts their hair once and they're like, wow, I'm getting a haircut by this like celebrity hairdresser, but they can't afford 250 bucks every haircut, especially if they're getting a cut every week, two weeks or three weeks. So it's like a one-off special occasion haircut. And so now he's getting less and less and less clients. Now he still might be earning four or $5,000 a week, but he's getting less and less clients. So now what he's had to do is he's created this online product and the online product is teaching barbers how to sell high price products and how to create a social media following and shit because he's losing money. Why? Because he overvalued himself. Now he's not losing money, he's still making money, but he's losing money of what his premium was before. There's always a sweet spot in every market. Like I have low ticket products and I have high ticket products. I only have probably a couple of people every year who do my, you know, hundred plus thousand dollar a year coaching program, but I don't need a thousand people doing it. I can personally make enough money out of one-on-one coaching with 10 clients a year, I would make half a million dollars every year just by 10 private clients, right? That's it. So it's not a lot. It's, it's depending on the package, it could be 10 hours, maybe 20 hours a month, right? It's, it's not a lot. That doesn't help me get out to the whole world. Most of my money comes through the lower ticket or lower end products. So like right now in Dominate, I think we've got 100 plus people sign up in January up to probably about last week. So we're about six weeks into the year. So we've had about 120 people sign up to that product. It's $47 US per month, around about 60 bucks Australian per month. Now, because of that, that creates good cash flow. Now, every month we get more and more people sign up because it's a cheaper price point product. So as you go up the scale, my products scale and less and less people are in those packages, but they pay more because they get a premium service. 
Whereas when you're doing dominate, you're in a group of people and so it's one to many. So I answer the group's questions and then you do the online program and, and the online portal, which is mind blowing. Like the, the shit in that product is fucking mind blowing. Like for the value that you get in there is, is way better than almost anything on the market. But anyway, my point is, is like, like you have to understand the price point. Now this guy, because he's overvalued himself, he's overvalued himself, but now he's starting to lose money. And so he's got to do something again to try and jack it back up. A lot of people do that where they go out there and like, let's say they're a brand new coach into the coaching industry. They'll go out there and they're like, wow, I'm going to charge exactly what the top coaches charge. They charge $1,000 an hour, so I'm going to do the same. But the thing is, they might get two clients out of it. Those two clients might only be able to afford it for a couple of months, and then they're gone. And so then they go, oh shit, now what do I do? That's because they overvalued themselves. There are people who leave their apprenticeship and they say, I'm not going to work for a boss. So then they leave their job and then they try to charge premium rates. But the problem is they don't have the contacts, they don't have the knowledge, they don't have the skills, they don't have the marketing, they don't understand business. And so therefore they can't make enough money. So when people don't have the right mindset, they overvalue themselves, which eventually leads them to being almost bankrupt. But it's a lesson, right? Don't overvalue yourself. Your value is your value. People will pay you what they perceive your value is. The other thing is that people, when they have low self-worth, undervalue themselves. So they don't ask for what they are worth. The fair thing is you have to understand what your worth is. Like my staff, I pay all my staff well, but I teach them what their value is. Because a lot of dumb people that don't understand, I'll rephrase that right, they're not dumb, they've just never been taught. When you work for somebody, if someone charges $100 an hour for your time, the business doesn't make $100 an hour. The first thing that happens is the tax person comes along. Now, let's say you've got a 30% company tax rate. That company tax rate is 30%. So if you make 100 bucks, 30 bucks goes straight to the government every hour. Then from there, they pay for, let's say, a work car. That work car per hour might be an extra 10 bucks. So the business owner is already $40 down every hour. So that car's 10 bucks an hour to give you a work van. Then you've got fuel on top of that. So let's say you've got to put fuel in the van twice a week. That might be another $5 an hour. So now when you look at that, we're starting to chew into that cash. Then after that, you've got all the overheads. So in a business, you've got accountants, you've got lawyers, you've got administration. So you've got to do all the admin. You've got invoicing. You've got clients who don't pay. So you've got to do follow-up and all those types of things. Then you've got to win more work. So you've got marketing and sales, all of those cost things. So there might be, let's say, another $40 in there, maybe $30. And then let's say your charge rate is like you get paid $30 an hour. They also have to pay in Australia superannuation, which is your retirement fund, any health scheme. Like at the moment in Australia, we've got emergency services as a, as a tax, workplace safety. So if you have a look at it, the business might only be making 2 or $3 an hour on your time. And then also you've got to take into consideration, let's say you get two weeks worth of sick leave, the business has to cover that two weeks because you get paid. So the business has to now start getting money and putting it into a, an account for when you have your two weeks off, then you get four weeks worth of holiday. So essentially you get six weeks, a month and a half of not working. So the business owner has to cover your month and a half of not working because they still have to pay you. When they pay you, they still have to pay superannuation, all of the other costings. Your car sits around for six weeks with no one working in it. So they don't recuperate that cost. A lot of people think that business owners make a lot of money. But a lot of the businesses that I come across, when they first start working with me, they might only be making 2 to 5% profit. So if you think that they're making a million dollars, the business is only taking 2 to 5%. That's fucking crazy, right? 
I've seen businesses that run at losses for two years or three years as they're growing, right? It's crazy. So a lot of people go, I'm going to go out and I'm going to start my own business because my boss charges $100 an hour. So they go out, they start their own business. Then they go, shit, I don't have a car. I need to buy a van. So they buy a van. Crap, I need to buy tools. So then they go out and they buy all these tools. Then after they buy all the tools, they're like, crap, I've just invested $100,000 in tools. I just bought a $60,000 van. I've got to put fuel in it every week. I've got to have insurances. Then from there, I did a job and something broke. So I got to go back out and fix it, which I'm not going to get paid for. And then they start to realize what it really takes to run a business. And it is really tough. Then they don't have any customers. So they got to do marketing and they're on word of mouth. And then, then eventually they've got to do marketing. Then as they start winning more work, they're like, shit, I need someone to take care of administration. Then the tax man comes along and says, hey, you have to pay tax in advance. And you're like, shit, I don't even have the money to pay tax. And so small business owners go through the absolute ringer because they think that business is easy. And actually they realize that one of the easiest things that you can do is work for somebody else because they take all of the risk. They have all of the problems, all of the stresses, all of the frustrations. And all you have to do is go to work and do a good fucking job. And most of the time, most people can't even do that. Yet they want to run a business. So the truth is, is you have to understand your value in the company. And so I teach all my staff that. Like if a staff member is on $100,000 a year, I will literally say to them, I need your job role to make me $400,000 a year. So if you slip in your job, if you want to get $100,000 after I pay everything else, all the administration costs, lawyers, accountants, event run costs, you know, customer service, customer follow-up, you know, mine and Jess's time because we're always leading the team, every team meeting costs money, all of that sort of stuff, you have to be generating the company $400,000 a year just to make $100,000. And they're like, oh shit, I didn't realize that. And I'm like, I know, that's why I'm teaching you this. So that you understand that when, if you just come to work and you sit there for a month and you're like, oh, I can't be fucked doing much. I either have to fire you or we're going to have a harsh talking to, or your pay rate's going to drop to like 50 grand a year because I can't afford you. That's not fair on the company. And it's not fair on everybody else. So I talked to them about that. So money is always a mindset. Money is the exchange of value. If you don't create value in the world, you don't get paid more. And then I hear people say dumb shit like, yeah, but my salary's capped because I get paid a paycheck. You get paid a paycheck, motherfucker, because that's all you're worth. That's it. If my staff member comes to me and they say, hey, Michael, I've thought about this. I can take stuff off of your plate. I can help you more and I can help the company grow. I go, okay, cool. Tell me about it. And they go, look, if I take all of this workload off of you and I start figuring out a way of either delegating it to other staff members or I streamline everything, could I get paid a little bit more? Yeah, of course. Because now you're making my life easier, I can go out and earn more money. If they come to me and they say, hey, I got an idea, which I think will generate the company, let's say $100,000. And I go, okay. And they say, look, I don't need any of the company's resources. I can put in all the work after hours. I can do it all. But is it possible that if I pull this off and there is a profit, can I get 10% of the profit? I would go, hell yeah. The problem is I've had this before where staff come to me and they're like, look, I think we can make an extra $100,000. And I go, cool. And I go, what do you need? And they're like, well, I'm going to need the video team to do this. I'm going to need the marketing team to do this. I'm going to need this. I'm going to have to have that. I need to buy this. I need all these resources. And when I sit there, I'm like, right, that's $100,000. But at the same time, you're pulling the video team away from what they're doing. So I have to pay them, which means that that's costing me money on that solution. Then I need more administration costs. I need all of these extra things. So what you're saying is to make $100,000, essentially I have to spend $80,000 to make $100,000. And after that, we're going to be left with $20,000.
Now you're going to get 10%, which is $2,000. Now the company's going to get 18, but at the same time, like, is it worth all the stress and the pressure and the hassle and all that shit for 18 grand? Sometimes the answer is no. So you really have to understand it from a company perspective, but most people don't do that because they don't think through it effectively. There's a lot of stuff involved in making money long-term, especially running a business. And most people just don't understand it because they don't ask the questions or they don't think about it. So then when we come back to mindset or money, if we look at what generates wealth, the first thing is, is you have to have the belief that you're valuable, that you're going to consistently grow. If you're growing over time, you're going to become more valuable as a person. If you believe in yourself more and you start building more self-confidence, more self-worth, and you don't rush things, over a longer period of time, you'll build higher value. Part of the reason why month one last month, when I just dropped a brand new Instagram strategy, I made $174,000 was because I already had a brand that I built for the last 20 years, right? I even had a client of mine reach out from when I was a personal trainer. We're talking like 15 or 16 years ago, I think we realized was that I worked with her 16 years ago. She's been following me on Facebook for 16 years, right? And sometimes she watches my stuff and she's like, you know, it's really cool to see what you've been doing. Like I'm, I'm loving your work. And so that's a potential client, but that's from 16 years ago. When you're starting out day one and you're like, right, I'm going to drop an Instagram account and I want to make hundred grand this month, you'll be lucky if you make a dollar, right? Because it's, it's going to take you a year to build that. But people are in a rush. Sometimes you do it a lot quicker, but you know, you got to have a good coach and you got to have mentors and things like that. So anyway, my point is that the first things first is you have to build your own internal self-worth. Then you have to build the skill set that is valuable. When these coaches go out and they're like, I'm the world's best coach and they've never been in the coaching industry and they put that on their Instagram page. The only clients that they're going to get are low-level clients because high-level clients see straight through that shit. Like this guy that came to me yesterday who had the thing about, you know, we'll help you build your agency. I saw through that in two seconds because I've been around for long enough. I know that those types of people out there, they pretend to be big. They're following the big boys and so they just copy everything and they go, well, this is what the big boys and girls are doing. They're making a shit ton of money. I'll just copy them. The problem is that the thing that they're missing is 20 years of experience in the marketing industry, which is why they do a million dollars a month in revenue, right? But they're trying to do a million dollars a month in revenue by copying the big guys, but they haven't even gone through step one. To me, that's like going from reception or grade one in school straight into your university degree. On day one, you're going to be overloaded, overwhelmed, have no idea what you're doing. And the lecturer is going to look at you and go, why the fuck are you in my class? Like you don't even understand the basics. Get out of here. And you're going to have to go back and do grade two and grade three and grade four because every year level, the knowledge stacks. So every year you're in business, the knowledge stacks. Every year you're in your industry, the knowledge stacks. So when a mechanic has been a mechanic for 20 years and you call them up, I'll call up my mechanic and I'm like, hey, my car's got this problem. It's making this noise. He's like, oh, yep, I already know what that is. Bring it in, but I'll double check. I'm pretty sure I know what it is. Why? Because he's done them 20 times before. And so he knows that common cars have common patterns and they're easy to fix. Because they've got that skill set, they've developed and acquired the knowledge over a period of time. When someone starts a business and they think that they're a global expert and they think they're going to play big, they have not even started yet. They are babies. They haven't even learned how to walk yet. And what they're trying to do now is they are going from learning how to crawl to essentially going to the Olympic Games in the 100 meter sprint. They're going to embarrass themselves. That's what a lot of young people do is that they embarrass themselves by trying to be too big too quick. Why do they do that? Because they're insecure. It's a mindset. Guys, is it time to get out of your own way? Top executives, rich listers, athletes, high-level celebrities, 
top performers all know that it's easy to slip backwards and start making excuses, which is exactly why they have coaches. These are literally people at the top of their game and they still have coaches. So why shouldn't you? Having a coach means having a competitive edge, an edge that has you three to four steps ahead of everybody else in your industry, in your game, and even in life. An edge that gives you inner strength, confidence, and grit to handle anything in life. That's what you need to accelerate in life. Are you ready to step it up? Are you sick of trying to figure out everything on your own? Let's work together and finally break those barriers that have been holding you back for so long. Let's get you experiencing the success and the fulfillment that you've been dreaming of. Apply for my elite mindset and lifestyle coaching at michaelmojo.com. Go check it out. And then the next thing, the next step that we go to, right? Is money a mindset or is it more important to make money or is it more important to develop a mindset? Well, when you have a look at it, money amplifies everything. The reason why the majority of society don't have a lot of money is because they're insecure. And so insecurities cause people to act in erratic manners. So if you have a look at the average Australian, the average Australian has learned from people in the lower class and the lower middle class that the first thing that they need to do is they start working a job. Like I got told this, you go to school to get a good education. You get a good education so that you can get a good job. But in order to get a good job, you've got to do well at school so that you can get a trade or go to university. I got a trade and I make more money than almost any tradie that I know, right? Some of them who run big companies and stuff, yeah. But the majority of tradies, I make way more money than. And I never went to university. And the trade that I have, I quit the day I got signed off my apprenticeship. That doesn't always make sense. But people do it because they haven't been taught how to think. They do what everybody else does and think that that's right because everybody else does it. It's common. But they say that they want to live an uncommon lifestyle and do cool shit in life. But the problem is they think like common people. If you think like common people, which I'm assuming almost all of you who are listening to this have patterns of commonality and they'll be predictable. So if you want to live an uncommon life, you can't do common things and you can't think like common people, which is why I get criticized so much. I had a person the other day on my social media talking about why I was so narcissistic because the only thing that I give a shit about is supercars and, and all of that stuff and that how they're a better person than me and how they're smarter because they don't need all that stuff to feel good about life. And I'm like, bro, why are you sitting on my TikTok account talking shit? If your life is so much better than me, why are you talking shit? Why are you even worried about what I do? I don't worry about what you do. I'm not on your Instagram account because I don't give a fuck. I know whose life's better. If we had to exchange places, I guarantee you'd want to exchange with me and I guarantee I would not want to exchange with you. So my point is that most people want to live an uncommon life, but they want to have all this approval and they want everyone to understand and they want everybody to get it. But the thing is that people won't get it. It's different. It's outside the box. The first thing that we have to realize is that you can't, well, first of all, mindset is everything. The second thing is you can't live an uncommon life and do uncommon things, which is why mindset is so important because you have to build your self-worth. You have to build your self-confidence. You have to build your courage. Because as you start to push against the norm, people are going to come after you. They're going to attack you. And for most people, the reason why you want to make money is for a couple of different reasons. But one of them is you want other people to respect you. You want other people to validate you. You want other people to say, wow, you've done so amazing. You've done a great job in life. Here's what's going to happen. The more success we become, the more people are going to talk shit behind your back. The more people are going to criticize you. The more your family is going to doubt you. My family doubted me for years. You would have heard this on other podcasts where when I quit my apprenticeship and I took my toolbox to my mum's house, I get to mum and dad's house. I reverse the car into the driveway, this big four-wheel drive. I'm reversing it in the driveway. I open up the garage door. 
And I grabbed my toolbox out of the car and I carried it into the shed. Mum comes out and she said, oh, you're home from work early. What are you doing? And I said, I quit. The stare on her face looked like she had seen a ghost. She was horrified. And I could watch her. I can still see her face trying to comprehend it. She said, what do you mean? I said, I quit. I said, what do you mean you quit? And I said, I'm going to go be a personal trainer. I remember she said, oh, Michael, why? And I said, because this is what I love. And she said, Michael. And she started getting upset. And she said, Michael, if you just stay in that industry for the next 10 years, you'll be set for life. You'll have a nice house. You'll have rental properties. You'll be financially free. You'll be able to travel. You'll be able to do anything you want. You'll be able to provide for a family. Like everything is right there. Why would you give that up? And she said, if you just stick at it for 10 years. And I said, mom, in 10 years, I'll be dead. I would have killed myself. And she said, oh, Michael, I can't believe you've done this. She was horrified. To me, it broke my heart. It was like I was the world's biggest disappointment to my mum. A couple of years into the personal training industry, I'm getting featured in magazines. I'm traveling around to different gyms, teaching them about integrating into the medical industry, all of this sort of stuff. And my mum's telling all of her friends, hey, look, here's a magazine with my son in it. Look at how well he's doing. And she's telling everybody. Then after I'd worked in a medical center for three years, I go and quit. And again, I go and tell my mum, hey, mum, I've quit. I'm out of the personal training industry. I'm going to run these seminars. I'm going to run these events about health and mindset. You know, this is what I want to do. Oh, Michael, you were doing so well. You were making good money. You were starting to get some sort of security in life. At that time, I'd started dating Jess. You know, you and Jess will be able to have a great life together. You'll be able to get married, buy a house, all of that stuff. I said, mum, this isn't what I want to do. Oh, Michael, why? Why would you give that up? No one wants a coach. You haven't gone to university. You're not qualified. What makes you think that people want a coach who doesn't have a degree? How are you going to teach people? What are you going to teach them in? A couple of years later, I have my first million dollar year. My mum's going around telling everybody. People are asking her, how's Michael going? He's going great. He's crushing it in business. He's traveling the country. He's running seminars and events. You know, doctors and, and medical practitioners come to his events to learn off of him, right? All these people, you know, he knows this person. He's gone and spoken with this professional athlete. Like, she's so fucking proud of me. But I had to go through the fucking depths of hell first. Most of you don't want to do that. You're too afraid to do that because you don't have the right mindset. You're going to be afraid of what people think. You're afraid of what your family think. Most of you can't even make a decision now without worrying about what your family think. That's why 90% of you, when I talk to you, if I've spoken to you on the phone or you've sent me a message and I say, hey, jump into one of my programs, it'll help you with whatever problem you're going through. Like a lot of you, I'll say, come to my Thrive Time event, build your success map in life because it'll be the fucking game changer. That event will change your life forever. It will give you a clear map on what you're trying to achieve in life, a path to get there and the right mindset tools. And most of you go, oh, I need to ask my wife or my husband. Why? Because you're looking for external validation. I don't ask my partner. I'm not a fucking child. But most of you want external validation. You're like, oh, but I don't have the money. Well, how are you going to get the money if you never build your self-worth, your self-respect? How are you going to do that when you still need validation from everybody else? You won't get there. Like, you'll do okay. Right? There are plenty of people in the middle class who do okay. You might buy a house. You might have one or two investment properties. But the truth is you're never going to be able to fly business class and not have to stress about the cash. You're probably never going to be able to go to a really nice, like every year, just travel nice. I mean, Jess came to me the other day. She's like, right, we've got to go to Noosa for this podcast. So there's this sort of big podcast that I've been invited on. The guy reached out to me, said, hey, I love what you do. I've followed you for years, which is pretty fucking cool because he's got a big podcast. He said, mate, I've got a podcast in Noosa, but they're all live. So you're going to have to fly here. I said, cool. Done. He's like, all right, cool. Do you need to figure out the dates? I was like, I'm looking at my calendar right now. I'm in, just book it in. 
Anyway, I go to Jess. Right, I need to fly to Noosa. You're coming with me and book a couple of days away. She comes to me. She goes, look, here's a penthouse villa. Is this what you want? I said, I don't know. What do you know that I want? And she's like, well, I know that you like staying in luxury. I know you like nice places. Can I book it? I was like, done. Didn't even worry about the price. I just booked it. Why? Because I've got to that place where I don't need external validation. I just live my life and I've made money for a long period of time. It's a mindset. That's why I do it. We're going to Singapore and then we're going to Bali. We booked business class all the way there back. I don't even worry about the money. I don't even think about it. Right now, I'm not saying I'm so rich that I don't think about it. It's just, it's a mindset. I always know that I'm going to generate money. I always know that if I keep adding value into society, I'm going to keep getting the money back anyway. And then because of that, if you're part of my Dominate program and you follow the structure in there, I teach you how to structure your bank accounts in the most basic way. Is it how you build a $100 million business? No. But is it the way that, that, that people who are in the lower or lower middle class can structure their bank accounts so they can start to get ahead financially? The answer is yes. So this is how I started. Because I have good structure and I have a lot of self-worth, I've been in the industry for a long, long time, I stack all of that together and now I get to make good money all the time, right? All the time. And I always know that money's going to come in because if I keep adding value to you guys, these podcasts, none of you pay a cent for it. I have to pay to run these podcasts. If I charge a customer $1,300 an hour for my time, every hour that you listen to these podcasts is $1,300 that I could be making off of a client. But I choose to do the podcast because I want to help more people. And so I do it and give it away for free because I believe that it's a way of helping more people. Now, if I add value to you guys, you jump in and you do Dominate or you do Thrive Time or whatever. And so, yeah, of course, down the line, if I build trust and I give good value up front, eventually I'm going to keep making money. So that's how you set up your life as well. I would highly suggest that you do exactly the same thing. If you've got a trade-based business, your first customer you should treat like fucking royalty because they will go out and talk to other people. Then you'll get your next client. Why? Because you added value to them. Then if you keep doing that over a period of time, over 10 years, you're like, shit, I've got so much work. Work is always coming in because people refer, people talk. I've done a great job for these people. They always remember me. So all of this stuff compounds over time. Most of you are trying to take shortcuts. You'll make quick money if you do, then you'll lose it. That's why most people lose cross lotto. Do you know, I can't believe it. One of my friends, Peter Savage, who owns Savage Finance, I know you're listening to this brother because you do all the time. I spoke about him on a previous podcast about where he was and where he's now. But anyway, Pete put up a post the other day on his social media about how much money people spend on gambling. Now, gambling has gone up. Like every year, year after year, the amount of people who spend money on gambling has gone up. And the percentage of the population who gamble or go in lottos has gone up. Now, the crazy thing is, is that when you go into a lotto, your chances of winning are almost nil, right? Like if you're in one of those big $100 million, $200, $500 million cross lottos, or even a billion dollar cross lotto, you might be in there. Your chances of winning might be one in 300 million, right? It's crazy. But people will put odds on themselves of one of 300 million. Now, if I said to you, right, this is how dumb it is. If I said to you, if you gave me $100 and I said to you, you've got one in 1,000 chance of me delivering my product or service, you would say that's a scam. Imagine every customer, even one in two. If I went to you and said, hey, look, you got a 50-50 chance of you paying me $500 and me giving you my product because I might just not want to do it, but I'll keep you 500 bucks. You would get online and say, this is the world's biggest fucking scam. Never do business with that guy. He's a fraud. He's a scammer. He rips everybody off because I didn't deliver on my product. But I told you that you've got a one in two chance. Now, if you say to most people, 
you've got a one in 300 million chance of winning $100 million. You're like, shit, I would take those odds every day. And most people don't call that a scam. I look at that and I'm like, holy shit, everyone's just losing their money. That's all that it is. You're all just losing your money if you gamble and, and all that sort of shit. Now, yeah, casinos, that's how they make their money. And what they do is you win you win a little bit back and you get excited and you think that you're, you're better than what you are and then you keep putting your money and you keep losing it. Why do people do that? It's a mindset. It's always a mindset. Driven mofos, this is the end of part two of this four-part podcast. Please remember to join me tomorrow on part number three of this four-part podcast. Mm-hmm.